From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hey, good morning, this is Jeff VK3TL, and I'd just like to wish everybody out there in Amateur Radio Land in Australia a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. Hope you get lots of good contacts and a good rest. We look forward to chatting with you again next year. Hey, it certainly is. Getting to look a lot like Christmas. Hello there, I'm Graham, VK4BB, VK4 Baker Baker. This is the WIA News for week commencing, December 16. In last week's news, Felix made mention of the Wyong Mini Contest University. Well, thanks to Ed, VK2JI, we've got a lot more detail on this upcoming event. In fact, it happens February the 23rd, that's the day before the Wyong Field Day. It seems that Trent, VK4TS, WIA Director for Awards and Contests, is locked in as keynote speaker to introduce the day, as well as material from the Dayton Contest University, kindly supplied by Tim K3LR, and some local content has been offered to be presented by members of the VKCC group. One aim of the Mini Contest University is to help people understand what contesting is all about. It's hoped that people who are sitting on the contest sidelines not knowing how to move forward can gain from attending this free event. As well as the educational content, it is hoped that the networking component, that is the chance to meet the people you've heard or heard of, will also form a major part of the day. The day will run from 10am to 4pm Saturday, February 23, with an hour break for lunch and, if sufficient interest, will extend to a get-together and meal in the evening at a local pub or restaurant. In fact, joining up with others coming to the field day the following day, the Sunday. Information and details on how to register can be found at two web addresses. First of all, under the Mini Contest University link, that's in the sidebar of fieldday.org.au, or directly from the link on the Dayton Contest University page at contestuniversity.com. Masthead TV devices and electric fences. The Australian Communications and Media Authority has a masthead and distribution amplifier fact sheet and a media article on electrically powered fences, both of which can cause us interference. In marginal TV reception areas, it is finding faulty, due to age or misuse, masthead amplifiers that radiate a signal affecting TV viewing, mobile phones, two-way radios and heard on the amateur radio bands. ACMA field officers have found them either overloaded to distortion, internally mixing a multitude of high-level signals, or even going into self-oscillation. Now, distribution amplifiers are also designed to feed a number of TV sets from a single antenna, but never to oscillate and become an unintended radiator. Meantime, the ACMA in the Hoofbeats magazine, read mainly by horse owners, warns them about the interference that may be caused by faulty electric fences. The fact sheet and article give helpful installation and operational advice to avoid fines the ACMA may issue if it does enforce the Radio Communications Act. Proposed changes to radio service in Darwin and Catherine. The Australian Communications and Media Authority is seeking public comment on proposed changes to improve and add radio services in the Darwin and Catherine area in the top end. The ACMA is proposing to amend the licence area plan, the LAP, Darwin Radio to formalise the operation of 8PNN Darwin and Catherine and H-Hot and 8Mix Adelaide River, improve the operation of the Darwin Radio Broadcasting Services ABC FM, Triple D, Triple J, PNN, SBS FM, Hot, Mix, Triple G, KNB and 8Top 
and the Catherine Radio Broadcasting Service 8KTR and make a frequency available for a new community radio service to be provided in Darwin. The proposed changes are contained in the draft variation to licence area plan Darwin Radio Number 2 of 2012 and discussed in accompanying explanatory papers. The documents are available on the ACMA's website and closing dates for comments on the proposal is Friday, January 11, 2013. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Toowoomba, it can be heard on VK4 RDD on 14675 MHz at 9am on Sunday morning. I'm Dave, VK4 LED. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. If you or someone you know who lives in Melbourne would like to get into the hobby of amateur radio, then the EMDRC are once again running their Christmas Foundation course. The course will be held on Thursday, December the 27th, with the assessment on Friday. Course instructors will be myself, Robert VK3DN, and Damien VK3KQ. Further information is available on our club website, www.emdrc.com.au. Have you prepared for the last weekend in May, the 2013 WIA AGM and Conference? Hosted in the Maritime Hub of Fremantle in Western Australia, the 2013 Conference in May offers you the best in amateur radio, with seminars, workshops and social activities for amateur radio enthusiasts and their partners. Hosted by Western Australian Amateur Radio Clubs and held at the Tradewinds Hotel in Fremantle, it's going to be your event. Why should you make the trip across the globe to Western Australia to visit the most isolated capital city in the world? Find out. The 2013 WIA AGM and Conference. It's all about engaging, learning, appreciating, socialising and discovering. You'll find all the information online at the VK6 conference site, conference.vk6.net. VK4, Cairns Region VHF repeater back on air and has finally planted its feet yet again. After being retrieved from the Mount Yarraba site and many months of refurbishment and reliability testing on the workbench, the repeater equipment has received the tick of approval and has just been installed at the Mount Haran repeater site. That's up on the range behind Karanda. With 13 watts to the antenna and a 6 dB antenna to boot, the repeater should have good access right across the Atherton Tableland region, plus good access from Cairns and the northern beaches. VK7 and VK7RCH antenna upgrade. The old repeater antenna from VK7RTC, Mount Nelson, has been removed to be reinstalled at Grey Mountain at the next possible chance. This involved careful manoeuvring on top of the tower in windy conditions and a difficult removal of the antenna from its mast clamp. The mast had to be cut at the bottom near the plate and the stays unbolted. The whole assembly lowered down onto the top of the tower while taking care with the weight of the mast an estimated 50 plus kilos. The web address for uh, all the details on this one is in the text edition of this news and is certainly worth a read. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ, Dateline 2012-2013. MSAT Straight Key Night on Oscar 2013. You are invited to participate in Straight Key Night on Oscar 2013. This year's MSAT event is dedicated to the memory of John Thompson, W1BIH-PJ9JT, who passed away this year aged 96. 
Although known primarily as a HFD extra and contester, John was also active on Oscar, mostly on CW. As always, SK and Oscar is simple and informal. Just operate CW through one or more satellites on the 1st of January 2013, 0000 hours to 2400 hours UTC using a straight hand key. There is no need to send in a log, but all participants are encouraged to nominate someone they worked for best fist. Your nominee need not have the best fist of anyone you heard, only of those you worked. Special event stations, DX and Beacon, and that advice. New address for Canada QSL Bureau. The address for the Canadian QSL Bureau has changed. All QSL counts for Canada should be sent to RAC National Incoming QSL Bureau, Box 51, St. John, NB, E2L, 3X1, Canada. HA6HAM, celebrating the 12th West Japan Ham Fair on AS077, Kaishu, 10th December to the 3rd of March. 8N119T, celebrating the 65th anniversary of the Tokyo Fire Department. 119 is the emergency fire ambulance number in Japan. 23 December to 25 March, active on all HF bands and modes. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. From the WIA News Hub in Perth and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1WIA. This is Philip, uh, VK3JNI. On behalf of the uh, directors, I wish all the members a uh, happy Christmas and a safe and prosperous New Year. What use is an F-call? I'm about to go on a couple of trips and I thought that it might be a good idea to have a radio with me. If nothing else, a great opportunity to talk to some locals on their local repeater. I have a portable kit, that is a Yaesu 857D with two 26 amp hour batteries, which goes forever using 10 watts. My back of napkin calculation says that on 2 metres, I can transmit continuously for over 12 hours with that. More realistically, if I transmit 10 minutes out of every hour, over 40 hours though I've never tested it and likely the numbers will be different for HF using SSB with my antenna tuner plugged in. This amazing battery life comes at a cost, namely size and weight. The batteries fit in a medium-sized toolbox, and each battery uses more than 8 kilos from my luggage allowance, so if I was keen, I could stick my radio and 16 kilos of battery in my suitcase I take my toothbrush, but I'm pretty sure my hosts would prefer that I pack some clean clothes as well. I've been shopping around for a handheld, and I know that for 100 bucks or so, I could select from any number of cheap handhelds, which for some reason that I'm yet to determine, the amateur radio fraternity appears to refer to as handy talkies rather than walkie talkies. The closest I can come to is that a HT, or handheld transceiver, once got explained by a walkie-talkie user as a handy-talkie, and it stuck. But I don't know. What's in a name? Anyway, I'd like to be able to use the same accessories I already have, like the nice remote microphone that costs more than the handheld I can get, my battery charger, the mount I already have in my car, etc. A friendly ham had loaned me a handheld radio for a previous journey, and I'm borrowing another one this weekend from another ham, which is a fantastic way to try before you buy but I'm not yet convinced. I've begun to investigate solving the problem in another way. Pack my current radio into a satchel 
add a small lithium-ion battery of some description, and I've got my normal radio with me when I travel. I don't yet know if that's going to work. For example, I've not yet figured out how to deal with the antenna, since the radio isn't really designed for sitting on its tail with an antenna hanging out. But perhaps I can set it on a flat surface and poke a multi-band antenna out the back. I won't be able to attach it to my belt, but at this time that's not a great concern. Ironically, when I started, I skipped the handheld option and my Go kit has gotten larger and heavier every time I find another essential tool. I think I might need to make two Go kits, one mobile and one portable. Hi hi. It seems that even if you bought yourself your ultimate radio, your needs change. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima Alpha Bravo. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, AR Victoria and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. ZL Amateur Access to 600 metres. The band 472 kHz to 479 kHz was allocated to the amateur service for use on a secondary basis at the World Radio Communication Conference held earlier this year. New Zealand amateurs will be given access to this band with the Radio Spectrum Policy and Planning Group of the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment. Type of allocation is secondary. Power output 25 watts EIRP with no bandwidth restrictions. As a result of this new ZL allocation, amateurs will no longer have access to the previous temporary allocation at 505 to 515 kHz. The Ministry has, however, agreed that the temporary use of the band 505 to 515 kHz will be permitted for one further year until the end of 2013, this to provide amateurs with an opportunity to retune or rebuild their equipment. Birdmen of San Quentin NBC News reports in the USA that inmates at San Quentin Prison are building CubeSat orbital deployers. P-Pods, PolyPico satellite orbital deployers, are aluminium boxes designed to hold tiny satellites known as CubeSats, which ride piggyback into space as secondary payloads. Foreign licenses in South Korea. When applying for a South Korean license, foreign amateurs may choose between a Korean call sign or HL number slash home call. The call sign blocks range from HL1 Zulu Alpha Alpha to HL1 Triple Zulu, and the number depends on the location in Korea. The foreign language repeater in Seoul was moved on top of a 600 metre high mountain, RX 439.6 MHz, TX 434.6 MHz with 123 Hz subtone. Interestingly, any language other than Korean is allowed on this repeater. ITU Radio Regulations 2012 available for download. The 2012 edition of the ITU Radio Regulations, which includes the results of the WRC-12, is now available. The Radio Regulations edition of 2012 contains the complete text of the Radio Regulations as adopted by the World Radio Communication Conferences held since 1995. The free download is available when you read the WIA text edition of this bulletin at wia.org.au. Taiwan Radio Hams seek additional allocations. HAMS in Taiwan say that they are in need of additional operating spectrum and have prepared a report that explains what, where and why. Speaking to Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART's Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, says... Taiwan's National Society, the CTARL, presented a paper regarding amateur radio in that country at the recent IARU Region 3 conference. 
In it, the Taiwanese ham radio community says that it is seeking to expand several amateur allocations. On 80 meters, where they currently only have 3.5 to 3.5125 and 3.55 to 3.5625 megahertz, they are seeking an allocation from 3.5 to 3.9 megahertz. On six meters, they have just 50 to 50.0125 and 50.11 to 50.1225 megahertz. As such, they are seeking the entire 50 to 54 megahertz band, and to add 146 to 148 megahertz to their existing 144 to 146 megahertz allocation. Taiwan has very limited amateur allocations in the UHF and microwave bands, only 430 to 432, 1260 to 1265, and 2440 to 2450 megahertz. There, they seek to expand these allocations to from 430 to 440 and 1240 to 1300 megahertz. Of interest, the CTARL reports that its membership is now just 362. In 2000, the IARU reported it had a membership of 1264 out of an amateur population of 24,324. This indicates that they've lost 72% of their members this century, and one can speculate that perhaps the number of radio amateurs in that nation has had a similar sharp decline. Something new may soon be coming to the FM broadcast band in the United States. This, if a proposed system called zone casting proves out its proposed technology. Zone casting is the result of research and development by a company known as Geo Broadcast Solutions. It proposes to use a series of booster transmitters to give FM radio stations the ability to divide their coverage areas into geographic zones and geo-target their advertising and programming. Geo Broadcast Solutions says its zone casting system uses GPS and mobile broadband technologies to slice up the FM signal, but avoid interference via a single frequency network made up of FM boosters. To allow the system to work, the company has asked the FCC to modify its current rule that prohibits booster stations from originating programming. A booster operates on the same frequency as an FM station's main channel and is used to improve signal within the station's coverage contour. The company and Harris are partnering on the first commercial test, which is expected to launch early next year at WRMF FM in Palm Beach, Florida. Broadcast engineers say that limiting interference between a main channel signal and booster can be a challenge. Geo Broadcast Solutions said the purpose of the test at WRMF is to prove zone casting will not cause that type of a problem. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6 ITF. From the WIA News Hub in Melbourne and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service relayed via VK1 WIA. Hello, this is Diane from the WIA office, VK3 FDIZ, wishing you all a very merry Christmas and a safe and happy New Year. Talk to you all again next year. Good morning. This is Robert VK3DN with this week's worldwide special interest group news. Worldwide special interest groups, females in radio. Alara, the Australian Ladies AR Association. Meet the YLs of amateur radio. Jean VK3 VIP, president and VK3 state representative for Alara, asks, would you like to meet the YLs interested in amateur radio? 
If so, then you're invited to go along to Bundura Park Rotunda number 6 from 10.30am on Sunday, January the 27th. That's in Maidenhead Square, QF22MH. Assisted by members of Wansark, the Ladies of Alara will be holding a special Meet the Wales barbecue. Barbecue meat and salads and sweets, along with tea and coffee, will be provided. And a talk-in, that's on 146.450 MHz simplex. And there will also be a special event station operating, and the entire day will be televised on VK3 RTV Digital ATV. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Mission confirmed British singer Brightman to blast off to space. The Space Adventures Agency has confirmed that Phantom of the Opera star Sarah Brightman has signed an agreement with the Russian Space Agency and secured herself a space trip in 2015. All legal matters have been settled, the Space Adventures Agency said in a statement. Last month, the singer told Russian Trud newspaper she will also have to learn some Russian before a space trip to be able to communicate with the crew. I wish some alien would kidnap me, the singer said, who once was married to composer Andrew Lloyd Webber and starred in the original Phantom of the Opera production. The Russian space agency did not disclose any details of the contract with Brightman, who will join professional cosmonauts on a Russian Soyuz mission to the International Space Station in three years' time. More information in the text edition of this new service. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. How time flies, as they say, and the 2nd of January may be a Scots day in recovery of Tahogunani, but in Maryborough, Queensland, it marks the beginning of 10 action-packed days of the Australian Scout Jamboree AJ2013. Here again this week is VK4ZPP. During this past week, the Courier brought the World Boxed HF Radio, which ICOM Australia has donated to the event. VK4KV has configured his Echo IRLP box and registered the Jamboree call sign VI4ASJ for use on the amateur internet linking services of Echolink and IRLP. Providing the internet remains up, contact from the Jamboree will be available through these services 24 hours a day, worldwide, using 2 metres simplex. To find the Jamboree station on Echolink, you will need to look under the linked listings, and with the VI prefix, it should be the top of the Australian calls. On IRLP, the node number will be 6496. I say again, 6496. Have a look at page 27 of this month's Amateur Radio magazine for a listing of the VK and worldwide scouting calling frequencies. If the magic band of 6 metres is running, listen on both the SSB and FM frequencies. This station is licensed to operate for 14 days only, and at the height of the Aussie summer should provide some interesting contacts with TE, Tropo and ducting all possible. Listen out for VI4ASJ from the 1st of January 2013. For WIA News, I'm Jeff, VK4ZPP, from Meriburrah Electronics and Radio Group, Incorporated. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, Wyson members and Tassie, Peter VK7KPC, Wayne Hodge and Norm VK7KTN, attended the Endurance Horse Riding State Championships at Sassafras. A field of 100-plus riders plus two simultaneous events made for a busy time on the radios. 
A highlight of the weekend was the inaugural use of the CCARC's mobile comms trailer, this cabin built on top of a tandem trailer, which is an improvement over the tent normally used for Bates HQ. And it also obviates the risk of 240-volt equipment mixing with the environment in a wet tent. CCARC and NTARC Weissen groups have also agreed to investigate the use of the narrowband emergency messaging system. NBEMS, which has been adopted by the ARRL, is based on the use of any transceiver with a digital box, e.g. signal link attached, and messages are transmitted using email-like forms to a base and then decoded, and it can be put direct into a word processor or a spreadsheet. Message protocols are based on the United Nations Disaster Management Systems, giving the system a worldwide standard. And in other rescue radio news... Ham's ready for a double disaster. Typhoon Bopa that killed at least 700 people in southern Philippines, leaving a trail of mayhem behind, re-emerged out of the South China Sea last week to hit the northern part of the archipelago. The Philippines' strongest typhoon reached landfall on the island of Mindano with 210 km per hour winds on December the 4th and returned to Luzon in the north last weekend. Active during both disasters were ham radio networks organised through the National IARU Society, the Philippines Amateur Radio Association, or PARA. Those nets handled emergency and welfare traffic, gave weather reports, detailed utility and infrastructure outages. The typhoon just missed Guam and was heading for the southern island of Mindano. At the time, PARA had its 80th birthday celebrations in Manila. Soon after, it asked that emergency nets activate on VHF for long-haul traffic on 7095 kHz, Echolink and social media. What unfolded was an outstanding effort that included evacuations of riverside and low-lying communities and coordinations of rescues including those at sea. The networks played an important coordination role in the south, with the disaster response team of the Philippines Red Cross, Delta Fire Volunteers and the Coast Guard. Among the action was DX5RAN, the District 5 Radio Amateur Network. The net worked with the City Government of Taklaban and the City Disaster Risk Reduction Management Council. There were many radio amateurs involved, as the tolls rose and losses, including the export banana plantations on Mindano Mounted, the typhoon returned to northern Luzon. Although downgraded, it dumped heavy rain causing flooding and landslides. Early evacuations in both south and north were attributed to the authorities as saving many lives. Many are still missing in the southern areas and fishermen at sea. More than 5.4 million people were affected, including 116,400 in evacuation centres. The Vice Chief Operating Officer of PARA, Raymond J. Aquilan, DU1UGZ, said that both nets were now closed. He thanked everyone for coordinating the activities and for the worldwide assistance in keeping the HF emergency frequency clear. Thanks to Jim Linton, VK3PC, for that new story. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Let's have a look at the social scene before we leave this WIA National News for December 16. Now, the National News will continue right throughout the Christmas uh, New Year period. As you know, we never sleep. The news keeps on coming, so the news will continue to be heard. 
if your local repeater uh, seems to take a a well-earned break over the period, you'll still be able to hear us on the web addresses, on the stations that are listed on the wia.org.au website. Now, they're all the stations that bring you the news every week. You can find them where to hear us. And, of course, you can get us if you're on the iTunes or the uh, the lounge.com. Yes, that's right, the lounge.com. Okay, on the social scene, January 27. In VK3, it's Meet the YLs of Amateur Radio at Bandura Park, Rotunda Number 6. February 24, VK, the Wyong Field Day. March 24, VK7, Meet the Voice Barbecue at Ross. May 24 to 25 in VK6, it's the WIA AGM and Conference in Perth. And with that WIA AGM and Conference just about 160 days away, the organising committee have much to share and planning ahead is well underway. They have opened up expressions of interest for the symposium and would like to invite you to discuss this in your club and make a submission to present to the community. They intend to run several streams. The address to send that to, to the conference.vk6.net website, all that is on the wia.org.au website when you read the text edition of this news. Moving ahead to October 3 and 7 in VK4, the North Queensland Amateur Radio Convention in Charters Towers. November 3, VK5's Hamfest, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society, that's at Goodwood. November 15 to 17, VK3, the Victorian National Parks Weekend, and wrapping it up so far for the year of 2013, November 24, again in VK3, the Southern Peninsula Amateur Radio Club, the Rosebud Radio Fest. So until we see you next week, the week before Christmas, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.